Oh shit, we don't have a theme song. Oh shit, you're right. What are we gonna do? I don't know. Like, do we get, do we have time to buy something? No, no. We just we just have to riff. We're gonna no, just riff, riff it. Oh shit, it's the nostalgic front. A podcast from Patrick and Reem. We like movies, TV, and games. Junk food, juice boxes, forgotten things. Oh wow, that was that was adequate. Yeah, that was like pretty good. Yeah, are we just gonna use it for every episode? I think I think we should. I think we have to. Thank you for listening to the new Nostalgia new. Front. I'm Patrick Hasty, and I'm Brandon Reem. How is it going, Brandon? Patrick, yeah. God damn it, let me tell you. What? It is going fantastic. Yeah. God damn it, that's great, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you look great. You you look fantastic. Uh now listeners, you may hear a little if you've noticed, maybe some of you are audiophiles, I don't know. Uh, you may hear a slight difference. We had a little tech difficulty on Reem's end. It's not his fault. It's just uh, faulty equipment goes bad as time goes on. So he might be he might if Reem sounds a little different this week. But, don't worry, we're yeah. gonna take care of it. Don't Your worry because we got uh, a new mic coming. We do. Thanks to our listeners and viewers. Wonderful like Patreon you. is gonna gonna get him a nice new setup. So we'll we'll have that. Uh, now Reem, I wanted to ask you. Uh, what have you been up to? What have you been doing, dude? Oh, boy. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, been spending a lot of time, a lot of good family time with the Bravermans. Oh, and- Parenthood. It's so funny because at the beginning of quarantine, I was watching Parenthood. And now yeah. you're watching Parenthood, but I don't remember a fucking thing. It feels like a hundred years oh, ago. because all of their arcs are ultimately inconsequential. Mm-hmm. You know? Parenthood. Uh, I don't watch it as much as it's on. Like, well, I'll throw it on because we're eating dinner or whatever, mm-hmm. and my girlfriend's going through it all. But that doesn't stop me from always coming in and being like, "Okay, so what happened to Cro- Crosby and Jabbar?" Yeah, then? you know. And I tell Buddy. you what, it is. I cannot suggest Parenthood enough yeah. as far as uh, just. Good quarantine stuff. We're gonna do when when you're like done family watching it. stuff, but it's not that like heavy. Yeah. Like you know, and the char- characters are pretty good. Craig T. Nelson is great. As fuck as Zeke Braverman mm-hmm. is great. You know, we're gonna do and a fun size about Parenthood when this is all done because we okay. can definitely do it. The you know what I love about it? What the the daughter Sarah Ramos is the actress that plays the daughter. Uh, she's like a comedy person now, and she's like yeah. great on Twitter, and she does all Wait, these. That's that's Adams Elvis, the one that dated uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yes, her. She uh, so in the on Twitter, she does this great thing where she'll be like, she'll recreate scenes from movies where she plays all the parts, but she'll do like ridiculous scenes from like crazy movies that no one's ever seen, and she does them like flawlessly. She's yeah. like a comedy person. They worked uh, in a they worked in a swim fan joke. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With Erica Christensen, mm-hmm. and like I said, uh, it's it's so easy to watch. Yeah, the, I like, and I do get a connection. I like all those characters. May Whitman's character, I feel like I know her. Like I, that they feels were like doing. I know. They did a freaking uh, when uh, Dax Shepard's kid uh, learned about the N word. 
because he's a uh, mixed kid, they started talking about uh, the importance of the talk with, mm-hmm. uh, and that was you know three years before Ferguson when yeah. that all went down. Too. And the fact that the way Dax played that, where he's just like, I don't yeah. know, I guess I could talk about it, and the mom being like, No, no, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about it. Uh, and then another thing that I really think is wonderful about that show is, do you know that uh, uh, what's her name, Lorelai Gilmore? Yeah, and Adam Braverman, their brother and sister on the show. Did you know they're a couple now in real life? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. fucking kicks ass. Mm-hmm. I love and her. I oh. I just finished watching Gilmore Girls as the show that I don't watch, but my girlfriend watches. But I wind up watching thirty percent of it and get all of the. Uh, I get her to spill the tea about what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. Which I, I like. I like that. Yeah, you Gilmore know? Girls is on a lot in our apartment, and I watch yeah. a lot of it. I need, you know what? I'm I'm fucking sick of HBO size TV stakes. Yeah, I don't need to get you my know? fucking ass kicked every time I watch a show. Oh boy, it's it's you know I I I like these little fucking story arcs where it's like ooh, mm-hmm. uh, Adam Braverman lied to his wife about some little thing. You yeah. know, and how are they going to work it out? Uh, it's, it's perfect 2020. I have a stuff. question. Have you watched Barry? Yes. Okay. You know, the guy, the, the, I don't know if he's albino, but the guy with the shaved head and no eyebrows. Yeah. Okay. No, so no ho Hank. No ho Hank. Okay. You know, in parenthood, the pothead boss that takes over Adam's company. Yeah. That's him. Shut that, up! It that, is. It blows my mind because that was before he lost it. Because he's got that alopecia thing or whatever it is, where he lost yeah. his hair. Wow, that's him before. It's fucking insane. When I found that yeah. out, yeah. Goddamn, I'm glad you're watching that. That sounds fun. I'll tell you what I did. I 100%ed Tony Hawk two. Uh, I still have Tony Hawk one to finish, but I'm like at 80. percent And and I got buddy. I ordered a beast action figure. You can, listeners can oh. see it on my Instagram and Twitter. I ordered it. It took me forever to find the one I wanted. It's a Marvel Legends type thing. I ordered it, and God damn if it doesn't kick ass and do everything I wanted it to do. I yeah. just hold it. I just hold it's It's big. It's firm. It, it, it articulation. It looks I'm just trying cool. To get, I'm just trying oh. to get some cheap bids. On Masters yeah. of the Universe toys. You know, on, on Amazon, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to go more... more than 12 bucks, especially if they're loose. Like on the Skeletor eBay. I'm looking at right now. Yeah. I could I could get one with the staff and the little uh, his little shirt yeah. for 25 bucks. But On Amazon go... or on eBay, you can just click buy now. Yeah. You don't have to bid because I don't ever bid. I just go look at the buy now prices. And also on eBay, if you're not familiar, I just learned eBay this month. Uh, you can do uh, free shipping. You can acknowledge free shipping, and then you always have free shipping. Yeah. Uh, God damn. I'm free shipping this fucking podcast right now. Shipping the hell out of it. Uh, What's say we take a break and bring in our fantastic guest? All right. All right.
commercial it was a great commercial it was a great commercial man uh speaking of a great commercial man we got a fantastic guest on the show today is is it billy mays it is it's billy mays back from the dead a special holiday zoom halloween uh, edition from hell he's in hell right yeah (laughs) capitalist thank you uh no we have a fantastic guest today now listeners of course you know him now you guys know the drill in efforts uh he's got a great podcast called eat pray judge which you uh pause this fucker go to your thing subscribe to that podcast come back listen to ours uh it's a film review podcast right we'll fucking find out once he gets on the show reem I don't even and know only, if it's Prey, P-R-A-Y, or P-R-E-Y. And they, only, and they only review Mike Judge films, right? Oh, okay. I see. You're doing a sketch. I get it. Okay. Yeah. yeah now I'm back. Uh, he's also got a fantastic album uh, on 800 Pound Gorilla uh, called uh, Risky Behavior, which you can listen to everywhere. You get on Spotify, I'm sure. iTunes. Why don't you go listen to it somewhere where it gives them some money? You know what I mean? Uh, and he runs a wonderful weekly Zoom show called Funhouse with uh, Samir Nassim. Uh, that was a lot. It's also a live show once the world comes back, I assume. Uh, <laughs> everybody go crazy for our good friend, Gabe Pacheco. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Thank you so much, Brandon. And thank you so much, Patrick. Oh. I'm in the building. Oh, buddy. how <laughs> It's great to see you. You look great. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on an October episode with you guys because we're going to get real spooky today. We're going to get real spooky. Now, speaking of spooky, is your podcast... Uh, now, obviously, I'm a listener. You know, I'm a big fan. I'm on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. But is it <laughs> is it Eat, Pray, P-R-A-Y or P-R-E-Y? 
You know, I think if I had to do it over again, it would be P-R-E-Y, okay. and that might be what we change it to for the rest of Spooky October. But Love it. Oh, nice. We're, it's, it's a we're the, uh, we're the, the, so our show is called The New Nostalgic Front. We're the <laughs> Boo Gostalgic Fright for the month of October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, you know what, when, when you brought me on, uh, and I was thinking about what my Halloween, or oh, first yeah. imprints with Halloween, and I went to a Catholic school, uh, an elementary school, and I remember this priest coming into our classroom because everybody uh, that year, this was like second grade, wanted to dress up like Freddy Krueger. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. The child murderer. Yeah. And, yeah. One, of our, uh, one of our best pedophiles. <laughs> no. He got wrecked. That's one of the worst retcons ever, because they, uh, in the original, he's not... Doing all he's doing with a kid is killing him. Oh, true. You know? yeah. So you can still you can still like his jokes and bits, but because he's just a child murderer. But thank you. Okay. When Sorry. they rebooted yeah. it with Jackie Earl Haley, then yeah, then they sure. added the that to the backstory, and then he's just not likable. Sure. That's right. That's right. But you uh, guys or- loved him back there at that Catholic school. You guys loved him. Oh yeah. We couldn't get enough. Uh, kids love Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like. Is he trying to kill us in our dreams? He's our favorite. Yeah. We have, we've got a huge crush on him. Like <laughs> like moths to the flame. Oh, yeah. And uh, so it was Freddie, and Jason was also huge. Mike Myers was also huge right oh, around this Austin time. Oh, Austin Powers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were like, uh, don't be a horny British spy. Yeah, yeah. For, don't for, be uh, Randy, baby. Uh, yeah, but that's what the priest came in to tell us. He was like, we, you know, we don't want you to be modern monsters because they're all problematic you know they're all like sexy they're all too sexy you know (laughs) or too brutal so he was like uh be a wolf man if you want be a vampire but like try not don't be freddy and uh, of yeah you know what's funny about that is like jason is a champion of christian morals Mm -hmm. you know like yeah killing uh kids for having sex early you know all this like uh bad stuff in christian's eyes is jason's the hand of god basically thank you yeah, yeah if you if you smoke a, a joint with a mm-hmm. little uh, you know trench weed some of that you know a skunk you're gonna he's gonna come get you he's gonna spear you mm-hmm. and then you're fucked because jason murdered your ass that's right. If you walk on your hands, which is ungodly, Jason is going to mm-hmm. drop an axe <laughs> right down your crotch. I remember when they talked about that on the West Wing. They said, uh, oh, did your Lord walk on his hands? <laughs> uh, Gabe, where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Washington, D.C. That's where I was raised as District a child. of Columbia. Cool. Okay. That's right. And I am, uh, and, and uh, you know, in prepping for this, I did a little meditating earlier today. I, I lit some Palo Santo, and I, I tried to go time travel back to my youth, and I thought, wow, I am a product of Ronald Reagan's Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, hold, real quick, isn't Palo Santo, isn't that the uh, Republican senator from Florida? <laughs> Right. That's what I'm talking. Yep. That's what I'm. Ta- he he uh he got here. Uh, he's he's white. He's got blue eyes. Yeah. And uh, his grandfather came here on a tin raft. Mm-hmm. Uh, after uh, Fidel Castro expropriated the plantation that his family <laughs> had with slaves, uh, cutting down sugarcane, and yep. he's pulled himself up by his bootstraps. And we've lo- and we love him for it. And we we support his campaign and his reelection run. Uh, Washington D.C. That's cool. I don't know. 
I'm sure we've had somebody on the show who was born and raised there, but what was it like? Is it fucked up to be in a place where I assume politics is hitting you all the time, or maybe not politics, but at least you're around it all the time? Well, uh, yeah, Washington D.C. is there's only like four hundred thousand people that live within the city limits, mm-hmm. and if you tell people you're from inside the the District of Columbia, it's tiny. It's yeah. like you, you know, it's like Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Yeah, like mm-hmm. this. yeah. yeah. <laughs> So it, uh, it, it's like growing up in a museum, but with crack addicts. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. Because you have like the, all the tourism that New York has and you've got free museums and like all this culture. But it's also a city that's uh, that at least during the 80s was going through. That's when I was there. Yeah. Was, as a kid, uh, we had the crack epidemic. Uh, we had like rampant, um, just empty buildings all over the place. Mm-hmm. And but it was also the center of government. So oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like I grew up um, coming of age with this consciousness of like the heightened contradictions of uh, American empire and capital. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And you, you're just seeing it all as a child being like, oh, this is all a metaphor. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So uh, growing up in the city, um, what was I? I uh, it was very violent and yeah. very dangerous. Sick. However... I, it was sick, bro. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> but yeah. my house, I was comfortable. My house was comfortable. Good. I lived in like a relatively safe neighborhood. Do um, you have brothers and sisters? I'm the oldest. Nice. Nice. And yeah. I I think my early pop culture references came from, uh, one, my older aunt, who was like uh, 13 when I was born. Oh, that's great. So I got oh, all yeah. of her old like Disney records. Yeah. Uh, and like a lot of seventies pop culture was just handed <laughs> off to me. Sure. Like I got this wooden skateboard that she had glued. Uh, she'd cut out letters uh, that said Led Zeppelin and glued <laughs> it to the bottom of a uh, of an old seventies yeah. skateboard. Oh, that's so awesome. like. So I was getting that, or she yeah. had a she had an Atari mm-hmm. um, when she was a teenager, and. When I was about five years old, I got given I, – I was just given an Atari. Yeah. So I had, like, uh, I had Pac-Man. I had Space Invaders. Mm-hmm. You know, what I had was, all these things that were know, older than me. Yeah. Oh, uh, what was that game? It's funny Go to ahead, think sorry. about – sorry. It's funny That's to fine. think about uh, your aunt riding uh, Led Zeppelin on a skateboard, and <laughs> I was just thinking about how – that's just how you made, like, band – your own like people just made their own band merch. Yeah, of all, all the of time. these bands, like you would just write Pink Floyd on a wall or yeah. uh, on a trapper or something. And I just think that's kind of funny now because um, so many like older rock bands now are just pretty much brands that mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, like you go to Target a, and you see the like, Aerosmith. It's shirt. a cool T-shirt to most yeah. people, you know. So that's that's it, right. Well, like the only people come full circle. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only people I've ever seen wear Run DMC shirts are like uh, white blonde models yeah. in Soho. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. wearing blossom hats and then a Run DMC shirt with like a belt, a leather belt over the shirt. Yeah. So it's yeah. like an oversized shirt that's become pants. Where you're or like, like a dress. You're like, oh, you you like Run DMC? And they're like, I'm not aware what that is. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, what uh, I've gone to a couple vintage stores and seen like old metal t shirts. That I discarded going for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, in Bushwick. Like, in in Greenpoint, in Greenpoint, there's or in Dumbo, there's a little thrift shop. One of those places that's like a hole in the wall, but it's everything's a yeah. million dollars. 
And they had a Red Hot Chili Pepper <laughs> shirt that my brother had in high school, the Blood Sugar Sex Magic album cover. Mm-hmm. And they were selling it for $250. And it had like a whole, it was just straight up vintage. And I'm like, I literally like wanted to ask the people, be like, what the fuck do you think you're doing here? Like, who let you do this? Why is this okay? <laughs> so, Patrick, uh, yes. this is directly tied to growing up in D.C. Mm-hmm. I was in middle school when Bill Clinton uh, became like got elected president. Sure. But there's a couple there's a couple months before after the election before during the transition. So Al Gore lived in uh, Virginia at that time. And my good friend uh, was his neighbor. Oh, when wow. He, and so I would go over there and rollerblade. And at Al, Al Gore's Gore, house? Not at Al Gore's yeah. house, in the neighborhood, but yeah. Al Gore's son would rollerblade with us. That's awesome. He was a little bit younger, but um what was interesting was like we all got really thirsty mm-hmm. and we like stop in front of the Gore residence. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. everybody gets to go into the house to go get like sunny D or whatever uh-huh. to drink. And when I'm gonna walk in, Al Gore Jr.'s like, nah, sorry, man, you can't come in. And I was like, What? What? And I was the only one. I was excluded from going in. And I go, why not? And he goes, well, because you're wearing a Red Hot Chili Peppers t-shirt. And oh, uh, shit. my mom my mom doesn't approve of any bands on MTV. That's so, fucked. That's right. And Tipper. So, uh, Tipper is trash. And yeah. that, like, you're going you're gonna to allow a child to go thirsty. Yeah. Because of the t-shirt they're wearing. That's not very Christian, Tipper. And, well, okay. Uh, in her defense. Mom. Retroactively, you're better off not drinking that Sunny D. You know that was a <laughs> that was a bill of false claims they gave to us kids forever. Sunny D's got more sugar than a freaking Coca Cola. And you know? you know what? Here's the thing. That's though. why kids go for it. <laughs> Did you guys know that Tipper Gore was actually like a rock girl? Yeah, like that. She was a drummer. She plays drums on that song Valley Girl that uh, Frank Zappa's daughter. That oh. weird, it's a weird 80s song. It's like, Valley Girl. Tipper Gore plays drums on that song. So it's almost like she was against you wearing a Red Hot Chili Peppers so, shirt because it wasn't punk enough or something. <laughs> so let me get this straight. Tipper Gore yeah. had, was like adjacent to Frank Zappa? Yeah. I'm trying to find that's, the exact link so I can read that it That seems just really wacky just from all the fact like the PMRC Zappa stuff. is like an... Like a really old school, like uh, free speech, you know, for musicians and, you know, yeah, no so censorship guy. Exactly. Well, so Tipper was in a rock band in high school mm-hmm. when she was in school. And uh, but the thing is, is like this was a moment in time where the culture wars were so big. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like these boomers are having kids and now they, they don't quite understand like what lane to take when it comes to pop culture and these like new Democrats are trying to, to peel away some of the uh, moral majority Republican mm-hmm. voters. So ah. they're doing this culture war bullshit. And she was at the forefront of that, like yeah. trying to put labels yeah. on um, albums and going after like by like soft serve whack bands by this point, like how tame is Twisted Sister. Totally, totally. That's who she was attacking. And that's when, like, John Denver went and spoke in front of Congress to (laughs) defend it all. Twisted Sister was a beehive they shouldn't have gone near because that's, like, (laughs) one of the most classic moments of that whole, uh, you know, Dirty Eight songs or whatever is when Dee Snyder showed up, you know, all metaled out, no sleeves, and then, like, red and more eloquently than most of them and just, like... 
Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I, I love remember that moment. D. Snyder was the reason why, like, as a young child, or as like a kid in my early teens or whatever, I learned what how like the proper uh, like terms for like transsexual and stuff and transgendered because on his behind the music he talks about how one day my dad one day he, uh, D. Snyder's on his behind the music is like. My son one day said, uh, told somebody that I was transgendered, and I said, no, son, I'm a transvestite. If I was transgendered, I'd be your mom. And I remember being, like, 12 and being like, well, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm learning this stuff from, from fucking VH1, not my school teachers. This is fucked up. For being a boomer from Long Island, uh, D. Snyder's, he's an all right dude. Yeah, and then we Google it There's tomorrow, no and he, comes, he likes Trump, we find out, or something. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Good. Fuck that Oh, that's guy. awesome. That's great. Yeah. 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 We love he Trump. Doesn't, yeah, because uh, <laughs> I know he was really pissed off about uh, pro anti-maskers uh, yeah. doing work, not going to take it. Yeah. What a, yeah. what a loser. Oh, yeah, I do remember that because they were yeah. playing. They were blasting that. Uh, okay, it's game- so funny, though, that culture war from the 80s, too. Like, I'm fascinated by that stuff, especially the uh, the right side of it, the like uh, Satanic Panic. I've watched oh, yeah. so many documentaries. There is a entire YouTube episode of a uh, Geraldo Rivera special oh, yeah. on like sat- Satanic cults and everything. It's just like the fact that they believed this stuff and it was so mainstream. Like uh, people, like parents going off about He Man being a product of the devil, yeah. or all the Dungeons and Dragons stuff going on. It was just, yeah, just. I think uh, that shit just always happens, though. Like, that's what's happening right now with, like, QAnon and stuff. I think people, I think a lot of people are always susceptible to believe whatever the fuck they're told. Well, comfort. You know? It's, what's it's that? comfort, man. It's comfort. Okay. Sure. Uh, conspiracy theories, like, all of a sudden everything makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. You can dot all these I's and connect them, you yeah. know? And uh, just the com- comfort comes from conspiracy, man. It's, yeah. it's really And you sad. always say this, Reem, that there's no more comfort than a comfort. Isn't that true? Yeah, I do. Right? I always say You put that. some pillows and a blanket. And <laughs> Said it five times loop. already today. Uh, Gabe, I got a question for you now. You're growing up in D.C. You're having a good time. Do you remember, I didn't prep you for this, so it's on the spot. Do you remember the first film you saw in a theater? That is a fantastic question. Uh, one of the, okay, I can tell you what the first I did. I yes. saw Karate Kid in Hell the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I saw Karate Kid, and I was, uh, and immediately after that, I got the little Chinese slippers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and my brother and I got matching geese. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. Did you have, and did you have any Man. sort of karate training? Uh, none. So yeah, we just yeah. demolished our living room. Oh, yeah. That's great. And, uh, and I think that that movie um, probably in, should have been um enraged more boomer parents than anything yeah. else because it just led to a bunch of boys aggressively punching each other oh sure yeah yeah, yeah. that was like the child introduction like the kids of the 80s that was our first taste of the karate and the ninja stuff because you know we had like the uh bruce lee stuff bubbling you know and then yeah that's when they started marketing it to us and then ninjas just took over the 80s between. Dude, American Ninja with Michael Dudikoff? Come on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that has aged beautifully, too. Like, and, uh, my, oh, you remember Jim Cotta? 
That's another really great one. So this that was when gymnastics were a uh, martial art. That was the conceit of this movie. And yeah. uh, th- this kingdom, there was a kingdom, and I think every year they had this to the death uh, like marathon where you had to Akumite, run through. If you will. yeah, it, it was like a kumite, and this gym, this gymnast decided to to do the challenge that year, and there they he had to run through all of this course almost like a video game with these, these like lunatics in this village was was a big part of it. So he had to go through this village that was just filled with lunatics that were trying to kill him. Yeah, yeah, one of my also, fi- and then there's ninjas chasing him the whole time too. It's awesome. Can I tell you, there's one thing I remember from the uh, American... Uh, by the way, listeners, I had a weird tech issue, and I'm also telling you guys, too. So I didn't hear any of the stuff you guys said for the last minute. Uh, <laughs> we're fine now, but uh, yeah, I yeah. remember in American Warrior, there's one scene in one of those movies or one of the sequels where he's up on a, an electrical pole, like, working on an electric line. And I remember being a little kid and being like, fuck, I didn't know that was a job. I want that job. You gonna wear yeah. a hard hat and play with electricity, dude? Yeah, dude, it's fun. Wild. Yeah, I guess that's what you do, Reem. That came out to be yep. your career. Uh, uh-huh. God damn. I think that's so. It's such a funny thing. We talk about that on the show all the time. Now, well, Reem, are you ready to take a, a you know, guess of what year Gabe graduated high school? Ninety-eight. Yeah. He- uh, hell yeah. That's a really great guess. Wait. Ninety. Uh. Ninety. Yeah. Ninety-eight. Oh, that's wonderful. hell yeah! I love it. I love it. So we always guess on the show. It's fantastic because I graduated in 03. Reem graduated. You know, well, I mean, you know, his his high school career ended in what year? Oh one? Oh two thousand? Two thousand. My class graduated in two thousand. And we on this show to have somebody like you who we can talk about Karate Kid and we can look at each other eye to eye and have an. Sometimes we have people on this show who graduated high school and. 2013 and they're like i watched right. glee in elementary school and i uh, smashed my brain with a rock so it's they're just like great my grand <laughs> my grandparents like biggie smalls they they used to listen to biggie Smalls. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly that is half of the show uh, my grandma sings juicy she sang juicy to me in the crib yeah they're like oh i love fuller house like oh no i'm talking about the other one uh goddamn that's great okay so uh, were you so Karate Kid? Did that set off that whole era? After that, were you and your brother just Karate Kids for a long time? We were we were Karate Kids for quite a while. Yeah, did you think, ever heard them uh, on accident? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you ever heard them on purpose? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I lo- I loved my brother. Good. And, uh, my I was a good older brother. Um, when I good. and I only know that now. Yeah. When I hear horror stories sure. about other siblings, I'm a youngest, and my brother w- hurt me a lot, <laughs> like for fun, you know. <laughs> so I get it. Yeah, yeah. We shared a room. Mm-hmm. My brother and I shared the same bedroom until I went to college. Oh, fuck. so That's we crazy. were pretty. I mean, we had like a li- we had a little bit of separation, but we were. You know, pretty close. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we That's both cool. competed with each other drawing. Like we love drawing. I think uh, a really influential um, tome for us or text was uh, Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight Returns. Sure, yeah. Oh yeah. So we, you know that was kind of like a comedy bible for us, and we would read that like over and over. And even the sense of humor and the aesthetic of that um, book. Mm-hmm. You know, Frank Miller now is like a lunatic. Yeah, but yeah. He really uh, captured the zeitgeist of like sort of eight the eighties. Yeah. yeah, you know that's. It's I funny really, how yeah. all of those uh, uh, landmark like uh, comic uh, bookmakers from back in the '80s, like him and Alan Moore, mm-hmm. the guys that have like all the biggest comic <laughs> books that you've heard about for decades now. They're both uh, both pretty well crazy now. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, and I think uh, um, I, I grew. I think Frank Miller represents more of a uh, sort of American real realist mm-hmm. approach. Like he, it, it really uh, spoke to me more than Magic did because I grew up in this like Lance hellscape. Yeah, you know. So I re- so looking at Dark Knight Returns was like, oh, I understand that media. Yeah, I yeah. understand those cops. I I I'm vibing with this. Whereas with uh, Alan Moore, I think that if I'd grown up in like, um, I don't know, like maybe a more suburban landscape, I would have been uh, identified with him more. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. it's like and that's, more fantastical. And that's how I feel like I grew up on a farm in a small town. And so there were certain things that as a child, I like RoboCop to me was like, I loved it. It kicks ass. <laughs> but I was like, that's bullshit. And I'm like, I bet. <laughs> I mean, if you lived in Detroit at that time or even in, you know, I think yeah. cities were kind of crazy and corrupt and shit <laughs> or, like that. I just didn't know, you know? What, right. what sucks now is when you watch RoboCop and you're like, oh, this is all very yeah. uh, rational and reasonable and yeah. could very well be happening right now. <laughs> when I watch RoboCop, I'm like, where is your mask? I'm just yelling at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, RoboCop is the complete opposite of yeah. a mask. He's got everything you need except, you know. That part. He, oh. Yeah, he's just walking that's, around breathing on people. It's that's like, got to be metal... fucking. That's got to be. Fu- and he's got pre-existing conditions. He needs them more than anybody. <laughs> uh, that's got to yeah, be. A, that's good... his one weakness, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't give Clarence Bodiger the giant gun. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> just give him a bat. So, give him some bat soup. Yeah. My absolute favorite thing about RoboCop while we're on the subject, though, is. When the Ed 209 yeah. falls down the staircase <laughs> and starts shrieking like a banshee, like, I just love the stupid idea that somebody programmed that. Like, yeah. they they never thought about programming it to handle stairs, <laughs> but they they programmed it to shriek about if it ever fell over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the people that actually, like, in the universe of RoboCop, they're like... Uh, stairs we didn't get to, but we do have it uh, feeling fear. That's there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was the one moment I empathized with yeah, the Ed 209. Yeah. yeah. I loved I, When I was a kid, I had a, a Ed 209, whatever it is, toy. And I hadn't seen that. I didn't. I hadn't seen the movie all the way, or I didn't know. Yeah. So I just thought it was a good guy, and so I fucking loved that fucker. <laughs> and then when I finally watched the movie one time, I was I felt betrayed. I was like, yeah. this isn't the Ed, I, not the one I know. Hey, dude, there's no good or bad robots, okay? They're just following programming. Thank you. Gabe, who's your favorite robot? Wow. Top five. Robot? You, I mean, you don't have to say top. your favorite. Who's in your top, top five? Top 20 robots. You don't have to oh, name no. all five. Just uh, I, uh, One of the scariest things I remember is the uh, commercial for Terminator, the first one. Oh, yeah. And when people like rewatch Terminators, they think of them. It, it's like an action movie, mm-hmm. but the first one yeah. was, a, was a slasher film. Yeah. Hundred percent. So that was so. It was so scary before you know. Before I saw it, yeah. just the just the image. The of whole like time you're like Hercules in New you. York. What are you doing? <laughs> so uh, that's number one. Short yeah. circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny Five sure. obviously is number oh. number two. The, his his yep. zingers in the woods when he's like, "Your mother was a lawnmower." <laughs> I didn't even know what that meant as a kid, and I just ran around saying it. Loved it. So, Gabe, I know uh, you're a listener and you love the show, but I'll remind you. Uh, one time we – so we have our fun sizes every week where we talk about a specific topic, just me and Reem. 
And we mm-hmm. did a topic of Short Circuit 2 once, which is something I never watched. I missed it in pop culture. Lo- and- Los Lobos kick your balls. <laughs> Los- no, wait. Los Lobos kick your face. Los Lobos kick Los your Lobos balls. Los Lobos kick ring. your balls and something ass. into outer space. It's ass, face, and then balls into outer space. Yeah. yeah. Ream yeah. talked, and I talk a lot on this show. The listeners know that. You know what I mean? It's not, I'm the, I, you know, I say the most. On that episode, Reem, for 40 minutes, just... Start to end, explain why he loved every single thing about Short Circuit 2. And it's one of the funniest things to go back and re-listen to. And you just basically, like, imagine if he was telling me about anything useful, you know? Like, if he was teaching me, like, and, and not just anybody. If you were teaching me about, like, uh, well, what's going on in Syria, that would be so informative. But instead, I'm just learning about Short Circuit 2. And it's just, yeah, and it, but it's, it's as good and it's as informative. And uh, fuck, I love that episode. It's, I'm just saying it's one of those sequels. <laughs> yeah. You know, that doesn't get credit for being clearly better than the original. Yeah. Because, you know, in the 80s especially and the early, ni- for a good chunk of the 90s, you have, like, all of those money-making bad sequels that are just shells of the original, you know? Yeah. And most, most of them are not very good, you know? Sure. But every Fair once enough. in a while you get the ones... That got lost in the mix, like uh, Short Circuit 2, a Gremlins 2, yeah. a Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. All of the... Hell yeah. yeah. What was your... Yeah, your... Go ahead. Go on. Gabe? Yes, Patrick. What was your... Uh, so what was your shit when you were a kid? Like, sound, you know, you liked the Karate Kid and stuff like that, but was were you a Batman kid? Were you a, uh, you know, teen, or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or G.I. Joes or... Like what were you what were you gravitating towards? If somebody was gonna buy you a present and you're nine years old, yeah. was there one thing that you like, oh, Gabe likes blank? Yeah, I loved G.I. Joe's. God, it would I have been funny get... if you said Sunny Delight and it just made <laughs> Tipper Gore look even more of the fool. Oh, the best, the best. Uh Tipper. who's your who's your favorite G.I. Yeah. Joe? I mean, you know, the the answer to this is clearly Snake Eyes. Yeah. How could it yeah. not be? It's all anybody but, uh, talks about. I, I, We're a toy love... podcast now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. My Patrick's been Priest. getting a lot of toys. I just went online and uh, bought a Snake Eyes uh, mm-hmm. version 3 from nice. my childhood. Toy that I oh, lost yeah. forever ago. And pretty psyched about that. But yeah, love the G.I. Um, Joes. But I love the the first couple uh, the first couple GI Joe runs mm-hmm. because the characters looked very authentically militaristic. Yeah, and yeah. So I liked all the Joes that kind of were wearing camouflage or like drab gear. Yeah. So I could create my own team of mercenaries, and I would like role play like the like basically the Predator. Yeah, yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. You know, That's and I awesome. take like the five or six most. Uh, military-looking dudes like Flint and uh, Footloose, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and then have them like and Stalker, yeah, and just like run run through a, a simulated jungle and get like hunted down by my Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, that's figure. just awesome. <laughs> yeah, that rules. <laughs> I remember doing that, and I'm sure like the 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 whole thing of like, uh, okay, so today all these Joes find Michelangelo, right? And right. now they just got to yeah. deal with yeah, having yeah. this green ass turtle. Who's larger than all of them, but also won't shut the fuck up about pizza? Like, I loved that stuff. I love and, a good uh, crossover. Oh yeah, that's my whole life. I, I did you uh, with the having the Joes? Did you like the cartoons? Were you into all that stuff too? One, I love the cartoons, mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk about Cobra for a moment. Please do. Cobra, 
Cobra fascinated me as like an international terrorist organization. And I think that uh, the fact that they call them a terrorist organization. Yeah, they're open. Uh, in the cartoon mm-hmm. is like they would never have done that in the 2000s. No. Because it's become such like a hot, hot button thing. But yeah. like Cobra was ISIS, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah uh, but instead and- of uh, destroying landmarks and stuff, they tried to just kidnap them. Thank you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, they're, lo- they're like Carmen San Diego bad guys. And uh, <laughs> uh, Co- Cobra Commander is like the f- most fun yeah. bad manager. Mm-hmm. And he's like <laughs> delegating delegating uh, evil to like different branches. Mm-hmm. And all of them represent evil in a different way. Like Destro is this admirable, almost like uh, lawful evil. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Zartan and his dreadnoughts are like chaotic evil. <laughs> Uh-huh. You know, and uh, Major Blood is just a mercenary. Yeah, he's, you know, just pay me. Then Doctor Mindbender is like a CIA, like MK Ultra, <laughs> yeah, Operation Paperclip type lunatic. Has so, any? Yes. <laughs> did you yeah. ever see the movies that came out like a few years ago? Uh, I didn't. Me- I, I I didn't want to. Yeah. After I I watched the cartoon and I loved you know yeah. the, I loved the cartoon mm-hmm. even though like it went. It went a little too Frank Zappa psychedelic sure. for me with Cobra yeah. la 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 la. Yeah. But you know, speaking I, of, speaking of I, psychedelic Joes, there's that episode where like shipwreck has to handle like something like alternate realities and people's faces keep melting. And as <laughs> yeah. a and as a kid, that fucked me up really bad, and it still does. Oh, and I, I haven't it. seen the episode. <laughs> it's just GI Joe fever dreams. Dude, dude, dude! Please, please, please! Let me continue with this for a moment. Never so we've stop. got yeah. uh, ship. Sh- so a shipwreck is just Jack Nicholson from The Last Detail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and and the most fucked up GI Joe episode ever. Um, and people don't uh, remember that this existed, but there was a character named Steeler, and he was the first generation GI Joe character. I think he operated one of the tanks. Mm-hmm. And there's an episode where he gets. Sh- uh, he's he's um. Almost like PTSD, fighting. He's like, "How we got to endlessly fight Cobra?" He's burned out. He's mm-hmm. like, "I can't believe we got to keep fighting them." Like he's having a midlife crisis in the cartoon for seven year olds. That's amazing. And, and he and then he gets sucked into a, a alternate dimension, right? And he doesn't know what he's like. What's going on? And he stumbles over a trench, into a trench that is a mass grave full of skeletons Jeez. and then he looks at the dog tags and it's all gi joes that are dead so he stumbled into a dimension where cobra has won yeah and like and and it like washington dc looks like a third reich hellscape wow and uh but the baroness is a spy for the resistance huh. so he decides to stay in this alternate universe where the joes have lost to yeah. fight as a freedom fighter trying to help like uh Free, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, he some, pulls like a some... super boy. He just goes to the future and then he's there. He, uh, yeah. now when you're talking about Steeler, are you talking about Ralph W. Pulaski? <laughs> <laughs> I, you looked him up. I yeah, googled him sure. to see which what character he was, and I just thought it was great that on Wikipedia it's like file name Ralph W. Pulaski from Pittsburgh. Uh, and then did he ever <laughs> return to the other? No. Oh, that's I love that. Yeah. That kicks ass, you know? Uh, but what a dark... I can't even imagine yeah. a cartoon today doing that. No. Like, and if they uh, did, it would be done like only on like a show like a... Whatever, like a Steven Universe or something where it's done like really smart. Not on like 
because G.I. Joe was like base. Like it was like the most like yeah. generic every kid could watch it thing. So it's crazy to think they were taking swings like that on there. It uh, is fun seeing how wacky G.I. Joe got, uh, you know, as the years went on. Where, mm-hmm. like, you're talking about the first two series. It's, uh, you know, straight up military, paramilitary yeah. stuff, you know. And then all of a sudden they start to get uh, a lot of ninjas. And then they just go batshit crazy sci-fi yeah. after that. With, like, uh, Serpentor and oh, uh, yeah. uh, the movie people where they're all, like crazy pods and yeah. stuff and uh i like yeah. the movie i rewatched it a couple nights ago if you have the... if you have stars on hulu oh stars yeah? has all of the episodes and the movie and the i was blown opening away with... scene of the movie is amazing just Which the one? opening song oh yeah 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 just them running around fighting around the uh statue of liberty a lot of jetpacks sometimes you know? sometimes when i listen to music especially from the 70s and 80s I'm blown away with why they do certain musical, like certain things. Uh, like, for instance, I think Born to Run by uh, Bruce Springsteen, I think the production on that is just really bad. I think it's a wonderful song that just sounds like shit. Uh, but in the Cobra song, the way the Cobra, like the way they scream that is so weird and doesn't sound like anything else in that song or anything else ever <laughs> from that era. <laughs> it just feels so weird. It feels like they didn't use a recording studio for that part. They're like, we need one more thing. So somebody just like stood in a hallway and just goes, Cobra! It's <sighs> so wild. Now, G.I. Joe, the, the, as a Hasbro made a mistake in not putting out a cold slither cassette. Oh, now, sure. this is when uh, Zartan and the Dreadnoughts okay. started yeah. a rock group in one episode mm-hmm. called yeah. Cold Slither. That kicks and ass. And they, uh, the music was hypnotic. So if you went to their concerts and you listened to it, you would become an automaton Ooh. that could be controlled by uh, Cobra. Nice. And and like some Joes go to the concert and they don't put uh, ear ear like earplugs in, so some of them get turned and become like Cobra zombies uh, for a little while. I love it. God, what happened? You know what I mean? Kids <laughs> these days don't get shit like that. I don't know. Maybe they do. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I remember these things are burned into my yeah, brain. I love it. I well, feel all that All those way. are written by guys that have just been doing comic books for decades. Yeah. Like most of our uh, cartoons that we grew up on. So they got some good, crazy one-off episodes if you yeah. can go back and rewatch them all. Yeah. I li- I, it's, were you ever so, if you were so into Joe's, where did you have crossover with Transformers and stuff like that? Were you also all into that? And like. Thundercats, or did you kind of strictly stay with the Joes? What uh, Thundercats was cool, but uh, when I thought about Thundercats too much, it gave me a feeling of existential uh, dread or yeah. angst. Because that the planet was going to explode? The planet was just inhabited by five cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and only one of the cats was a woman cat. Oh, yeah. And so it was like, there's just not enough uh, cats to repopulate yeah. this planet. And that then... sounds like you're giving a speech in 1965 about how yeah. we need to start over. There's not enough cats to read. Also, uh, you clearly did not know enough about the reproductive abilities of the feline. Uh, yeah, right. Creatures, well, and then also Wiley cats. Cat was oh, there. Yeah. What's happening? That I I tried to rewatch Trans or uh, uh, Thundercats recently, and I. Uh, I think Thundercats is much better if you just go to Wikipedia and read 
what the season storylines are. Because that's interesting. You're like, oh, these are interesting stories. They're doing cool stuff. But when you go try to watch it, you're like, yeah, what the fuck? What are those weird Th- titties doing? You know, Thundercats. <laughs> Two things dogs really hate. Thank you. <laughs> now, when it came to cats, I was a giant Heathcliff fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And those fucking Rest fish bones. Rest blank. Yeah. At which I like Heathcliff- the Cadillac cats. Yeah, I like the cat who had uh, roller skates and and uh, Wordsworth. Oh yeah, yes. And he would just and like he... Uh, skate around rapping. Yeah, yeah. And he had the Walkman. Yep. It felt kind of punk to like Heathcliff because everybody liked Garfield, and I loved Garfield. Don't get me wrong, but like, it felt cool whenever I would watch Heathcliff. Like I'm cheating or something, or like I'm breaking the rules, you know. It, it, you know what it means? You listen to the B sides. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, Heathcliff's yeah. uh, song like is way better than Garfield's music. Oh yeah, you know yeah. Garfield's music's just like that vaudeville show tuney stuff. But like Heathcliff, that shit slaps that. Garfield, <laughs> it's got it's got a good low end to it, you know. Yeah. And then just that hook of like Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one should terrorize his neighborhood. <laughs> you know, it's just. Yeah, it's an Garfield one. also has this weird, uh, some some. I don't know if it was one specific animation studio in that era. Maybe it was Deke or something. But a lot of if you rewatch a lot of the cartoons from that area era, it's very sleepy. Like when you're the like the colors and the tones and the sounds, it like mm-hmm. makes me want to go to sleep when I watch Garfield. Uh, what was the other? There was something else from that era that I tried to rewatch too, and I was just like, how did I? How did I? It almost gives you yeah. like an anxiety attack because it's just everything kind of hits you at a weird pace. Whereas awesome. if you watch Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters cartoon, is fresh and live and feels exciting and cool. You know? Yeah. Ugh. And also, man, those Cadillac cats, man, much better than U.S. Acres. You know? Uh, fuck you, man. I loved U.S. Acres. That was my. That's representation. That was the farm on TV. <laughs> representation <laughs> matters, dude. Uh, goddamn. Yeah. Uh, what was you your? You gotta okay, put so- that in your like uh, farmer dating profile. Oh like, yeah, what yeah. Is it, only <laughs> farmers. Yeah, yeah. I'm always like, uh, must love uh, U.S. Acres. Also, uh, don't talk to my wife. Uh, that's my dating profile. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Gabe, uh, fucking fantastic episode so far. By the way, I uh, I wanted to ask you, you. We've talked about your movies and, we, and stuff like that and TV that you liked. Uh, what was the, what was the music you were listening to? You said your aunt got you into a Led Zeppelin skateboard. Was that what she, you were listening to? No, uh, my my parents had a record player, and mm-hmm. uh, the first music that we listened to was a lot of Shad A, oh, a lot yeah. of Smooth Operator, Quiet Storm type music oh, cool. was playing in my uh, house yeah. growing up, and uh, the La Bamba soundtrack was uh, oh, pretty big yeah. as That's well. Huge, huge. <laughs> I remember watching <laughs> La Bamba, baby. <laughs> La Bamba was on, like, when I was a kid, it, it was the Fox 42 Sunday afternoon movie, and I'm, like, watching it with the commercials, and it's been out for a decade, or maybe maybe not a decade, maybe yeah. it's been out for two years, but I'm watching it, I'm fucking loving it, I have, I, I'm, I have no idea what's about to happen to fucking <laughs> right, <laughs> and I remember, like, crying and running outside, like... The, the way people tell stories about, like, when Kennedy got shot, I just ran. <laughs> That's what it was like. I just went outside and was like, Richie! Richie! Why? Oh, God, 
And yeah. then I, I was afraid. I was like, I, anytime that movie was on, it was like it was a horror movie. I was like, it's too. I can't. I can't put myself through it again. <laughs> it is funny how many, uh, you know, you got that twenty year rule of nostalgia, and mm-hmm. it's kind of funny how many uh, dead rock star biopics of the tragic ones started coming out in the eighties because we yeah. had the uh, uh, Kurt Russell Elvis. We yeah. had the Gary Busey, uh, Buddy Holly, great great balls. Of, oh yeah, Buddy. Oh Holly. yeah, great and balls then, of fire. And we had great balls of fire, La Bamba, all of that stuff coming out. Well, this all goes back to uh, like culture kind of uh, moves in twenty to thirty year cycles, mm-hmm. like yeah. you said. But you know, Reagan. So the eighties is Reagan, yeah. and Reagan is a uh, the moral majority and a response to the kooky craziness of the seventies and the sixties. Right. Mm -hmm. So all of this looking back to the fifties, like nostalgia or even the innocent time of rock and roll fits into like a moral majority, uh, Republican aesthetic. Yeah. Like back to the future is like a very, I'm not going to say it's a Republican movie, but like, you know, uh, like very wholesome white parents can watch that movie. Yeah. White capital W and be like, Ah, uh, look at the simpler times. Mm-hmm. Like, if we it, could it, only go back. That whole... Yeah. That, it, it is crazy yeah. seeing how the uh, Reaganism affected, like, so many of our... Like, even, like, if you look at Ghostbusters, that's... Totally. That's Republican as shit. You know? <laughs> They're like, they got this goddamn guy coming in here trying to shut us down, you know? Mm-hmm. What about free enterprise? We gotta bust ghosts, you know? And... <laughs> Right. Well, you know, and what's funny about that is, like, what if in the world of Ghostbusters, ghosts weren't real? And it's kind of like uh, all entrepreneurs in capital create problems that are not real. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. To fight. (laughs) Like, we need to come up with more bullshit products to sell. Yeah. And it might devastate the environment. That's what we needed was the Scooby gang to show up. Let everybody know that uh, they've been cheating us using overhead projectors. To make mm-hmm. all these ghosts, to make a service that's needed. Oh my God, it's all coming Ooh. together. That would I be... love a crossover. Yeah, all right. Hell yeah. Who, who are you going to call? Nobody else. You're going <laughs> to call the Ghostbusters. I love it. Oh God. That is like a fun, that's like a fun, what do you want to call it? Uh, fanfic. Where you just find out that they're all, it's all, it's all Mysterio, you know? It's all bullshit. Uh, God damn. Uh, okay, so growing up in DC, now I don't know. Is there any food? Is this we love talking about foods and snacks on this show? Does DC have any? Uh, oh wait, wait, hold on. I asked about music. What else were you getting to? Okay, Tina Turner. I listen to a lot of What's Love Got to Do with It. Oh, you and... like soundtracks? Is that your your whole? Life? I can't get enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's got to be tied to a movie. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It, so, but I remember What's Love Got to Do with It, and then. Uh, after that, Beyond Thunderdome came oh, out, yeah. Mad Max, and Tina Turner was the main villain in that. Sure, so I was yeah. so excited to see that movie because I'd been listening to What's Love Got to Do With It. and, and Not then, a lot of connection. I don't know. It's yeah. been like 35 years, you know, since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't we – isn't it time that we all got Beyond Thunderdome, Mike? <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, I, I cannot – not make a Beyond Thunderdome joke. It's yeah. Have you had the Beyond me. Burger Thunderdome? That shit's great. <laughs> um, what a coup was... if be- if the Thunderdome got it made will... a deal with Impossible Meat, right? I will say though, man, that was the era of soundtracks. Like, 
Yeah. The 80s into like the mid like we don't get soundtracks anymore. Oh, oh what about I mean, 2004? We had, we had Guardians of the Galaxy. What about and Garden Bucks. State and Juno? Huh? What about the Wicker Park soundtrack that's really good? And Ooh, Wedding I mean, Crashers. We did Jackie, all... Jackie Brown. That Thank soundtrack you. was that's dope. Great. Yeah. Yeah. But it was weird those when, don't like, got anything on like Top Gun, Dirty Dancing. Yeah. When you they know? would make songs for movies, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They call up Giorgio think... Moroder and say, hey, we need a banging soundtrack, and then uh, he'd give them one. Well, that's what I think sucks about, like, I mean, it's not, a lot of people talk about how Forrest Gump is kind of a fucked movie now, but uh, the soundtrack to that was just, like, Sounds of the 70s. It was just, like, a two-disc every song. <laughs> so, like, who fucking, yeah. like... People, I remember as a kid, people would be like, my favorite album is the Forrest Gump soundtrack. And it's like, well, you just like the radio then. Like, yeah. who fucking cares well, about any of that music? That's what soundtracks are now anyways, where it's like, yeah. it, you, you used to have to, nobody would want their music in a movie because people mm-hmm. were still defensive of how their music was used. Yeah. And now uh, it's all been sold in its own corporately, so they don't have a say. Yeah, the and artist has no say. somebody just calls up Warner Brothers and is like, hey, we want to throw this song into the opening credits of the zombie movie and then they do it yeah yeah god damn uh what yeah so so is that kind of what you've stuck to like what do you listen to today i listen to a ton of uh hip-hop today and thanks to spotify i go back and i try to um just go back and listen to like the the originals where the samples came from oh that's fun yeah yeah yeah, but I think that's a blessing. Like in the past, you had to hunt. Yeah. Um, for oh yeah. Music, and if you got a CD or a cassette, you listened to it back and forth over and over and over again. So you had a. We. I feel like I had a much more limited palette, mm-hmm. but I would obsess over over a, a cassette, and it yeah. might be like the band's third worst album. Sure. Yeah, but, but it's that's the one the you only got one that you had. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I still that's do that. With... Same thing with like you get that shitty Nintendo game, you know, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That you got for your birthday, but you're gonna play Silver Surfer over and over, no matter <laughs> yeah. how hard it is, because that's your Nintendo game. Yeah, totally. I uh, the uh, for uh, what I remember, like my connection with cassettes mostly was, I. Uh, I, it wasn't the thing that I always think about was not necessarily the ones I bought, but it was the ones I made, like where I tape off the radio or I tell stuff mm. to the point where that stuff hits me still. Where like there's a Third Eye Blind song on their first album called In the or uh, 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 whatever it is, track two. And anytime I hear that song now, halfway through, I expect it to randomly stop in the middle of the verse because that's where side A stopped. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So like every single time I listen to that, it's been. 20 years i'm still like oh whoa why didn't it so- oh yeah that's right because oh, i'm yeah. listening to this on a computer and it's a new decade kids, you know kids today absolutely do not have that burnt into their head like the next song because but they the do have playlists what i think is interesting is they have the they have so much other stuff that we have no concept of you know oh, yeah. like when my nephews talk about like mp3s like in an internet where they're like oh yeah we used to have to have like mp3s isn't that weird and it's the same way that we're like, oh, yeah, we had all these CDs, you know, like, and then every now everything's streaming. So they already have dead media in their life and they're in their teens. You know, I think that's so interesting, you know? Oh, absolutely. I remember I had an iPod Nano and I yeah, was like, hell yeah, yeah. I can I can put I can put 20 songs on this. Mm-hmm. Hell right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah my, I remember getting a Verizon or an LG chocolate 
yeah, cell phone. Yeah. And I, I think it had a I I ponied up and got the two gig flash drive uh-huh. for it and had Best like two hundred two hundred songs on it. And I was like, This is life. Yeah. I so, I had an ex girlfriend bought me a uh it was when it was just called an MP three player. And it was just yeah. like this little thing from Target and it had maybe like a hundred and fifty six uh megabytes or something, but I could put twelve songs on it. And and I'm just the most indecisive person. And so if I'm driving on a going on a, a, a three hour drive, I would spend five hours trying to figure out the twelve songs that I need on this that I could re listen to over and over. And it still felt like I was a king because I had Gosh. that technology. You know. Remember the remember the your car cassettes? Like, oh yeah. I don't know if you guys had the cassette player in the car, but you would only have like. Three, four cassettes, and yeah. boy, the, you just listen to those over and over yeah. and over. I'd listen to fucking cause singles for bands I didn't even like just because I had. Oh, them. yeah, <laughs> you know. So here's a moment that I uh, a sort of cross pollinating moment in my life. I think I was in like fourth grade or fifth grade, and Bobby Brown. I I went to like a predominantly black uh, elementary school, mm-hmm. and so it was like Bobby Brown, Kid and Play, Tone yeah. Loke, and Cool Modi. I had all those oh, yeah. cassettes. And I went out to California, and my aunt, who's older, she uh, she dubbed all of those for herself, mm-hmm. and then she gave me Guns and Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Um, what was it? What were the other ones? Uh, the Police. Oh yeah. You uh, two, uh, Rattle and Hum, I think. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and uh, Def Leppard. What a nice. fun so, group! Yeah. That blue, like because that completely changed yeah. my sonic yeah. palette. Yeah, and I was like, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction became my like go to fourth grade, fifth grade in the Walkman. Yeah, over oh, and over yeah. again. That's how I feel you know, when I, because as a child growing up, I we were country music. We were a country music radio. When we had family parties, we were listening. We were like, we had a band, and so like we were playing old Hank Williams or like Johnny Cash songs. And I remember being like third or fourth grade. And when Dookie came out, being yeah. like, I didn't even, because I, I had heard rock. My brother was older. I listened to fucking, I knew what Metallica was and stuff. But hearing Green Day Dookie for the first time was when I was like, oh, fuck, things are different and can be different. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know what yeah. I miss? Uh, uh, speaking of getting like mixtapes or whatever, is when you just straight up uh, copy a tape oh, yeah. from another tape and then you could hear it fast play. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. You know, because it's like playing it at like you know three times speed and recording it simultaneously, so you get to listen to Green Day Dookie like in super fast speed while you're dubbing it for your buddy. Oh yeah, that was always kick ass. Uh, goddamn, Gabe, such a fun show. Now, as I was Absolutely. alluding to before, we do like to talk about sex. For, but bef- before that, I want to ask you. I don't know if you've heard, but the world has ended because of this pandemic. I think I'm saying that right. How are you? How's your heart? How's your brain? Are you feeling okay? This is the best time of my life. You're thriving. Love it. I can't. I can't get enough. Uh, I'm a cozy boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I put like I've got my apartments full of throw rugs now. Nice. Love it. And everything. It, the inside of my apartment's like a fuzzy slipper. God. So God, I, I try you... to. I'm trying to just prep for the winter because I know it's going to be mm-hmm. like a bear, <sighs> like a big grizzly. Yeah. Bear. I are you? You're in New York. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I, and, um, have you, uh, ventured out of the city since March? Have or have you been here the whole time or how's that working? 
Uh, I've been here almost the entire time. So yeah. since uh, March 1st, uh, yeah. I've been here in the city. And I went to Washington, D.C. for one week on Amtrak because the sure. tickets were like $35. I went last month, and I wore an N95 mask the sure. whole, you know, there and back. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I felt pretty good because the, the train was uh, sparsely populated. Yeah, that's good. Good. But that's um, pro- what I'm always yeah. wondering is how the traveling and how we went to Montauk, but we rented a car and we drove and we never, you know, we stopped for gas once or whatever. But so it's just so interesting. But you're good. You're feeling good. You're feeling uh, you're getting through it mentally. You're feeling all right. Yeah, I think because I, I try to stay connected, you know, um, it just means that we have to make a list. And mm-hmm. this goes back to the this goes back to like um, back in the day in high school. I was the guy who would write down people's phone numbers. Yeah. That I met. So I, I like in my friend group, I had like this. Uh, I had a piece of paper with everybody's name and number on it, and I'd fold it up, put it in my pocket, and then other people would call me and be like, "Hey, Gabe, do you have <laughs> this person's number?" I love it. So yeah. I was like Facebook before Facebook. Yeah, that's and, great. And in that way, like I remember people going would to call you up and be like, "Hey, is Jessica hot?" And you're like, "Jessica's not hot." And you're like, "Oh, <laughs> your face smash." Yeah, can you can 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 we three way with her? Can we? Uh, can you call her and I'll be on the line silently listening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ask oh, her if she ways. likes me. It's Roxanne. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So during this pandemic, it's like yeah. we're we're gonna feel isolated, and I think to go back to what life was like before social media, like we have to make the investment now. To you got to drop a dime and call people. Yeah, yeah. I've been. I just did it last night. Uh, all my, I, I grew up in a small town and I had my core group of best friends, my, basically my only friends who aren't, the only people in my life who aren't comedy related or family are my high school friends that I grew up with. And because of the pandemic now, once, maybe two times a month, we get on a zoom call and we just all sit around and like the ones that have wives or husbands were there, there, <laughs> and we all just literally shoot the shit and talk and it's great because we always had a group text thread going. Yeah. But it's different than four hours of staring five of your friends in the face and connecting with them and on Zoom, you know? And yeah. I, that, I, did, I wasn't doing that in May and June, and I think my brain was suffering for it. And so now that I'm doing that, I'm feeling better, you know? Right. And I think that's important. I like your outlook on it. I like to know that you're positive because a lot of times I feel like I'm not that. I feel like I'm Doomer, you know, going uh, – Inside, you know, being like, here we go. Oh, oh things are, yeah, easy to Brandon, do. Yeah, how do you how do you feel, Brandon? Like, do you are you a positive guy around this? Are you uh, doom scrolling? I mean, are you hope scrolling? Uh, I'm doing. I'm more uh, gracious and accepting. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I I know it sucks, but you know, I just happy with what I got. You know. Uh, me and my girlfriend of, you know, uh, I got a backyard. We've had, we got a projector. We'll go out there, you know, just like a lot of shit sucks, but you know, yeah. 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 That's good. Just yeah. Gratitude it's like, and acceptance. None of my relatives ended up in a, in a freezer yes. uh, yeah. truck outside my window, you know? Totally. Uh, so I'm. It, it is about just like relative perspective, and I, I think a lot of people in in comedy in our community were freaked out that because the primary identity is like I'm out here grinding as a as a comic, yeah. And I think 
I try to shift my my the way I look at myself as I'm an artist, mm-hmm. and yes. that's not pretentious, but it's more that's not how I want it to come off. It's more like as a creator, what are the mediums that are allowed for me to yeah. like put my oh, creativity yeah. into? So if live performance is not available. Well, you know, I'm blessed right now to be on this pod with you guys. Yeah, exactly. And I think that when we, yeah, well, for just for me personally, the way I feel. So we were doing these Zoom podcasts every week. We do two episodes a week, and then as soon as uh, when George Floyd was killed and everything shifted in a new way for, I mean, for us, uh, we kind of went hard to do comedy. So we started doing a lot of uh, best ofs and a lot of. Well, that too, yeah, yeah, because we're going to we're protesting and stuff. But for the podcast, we started doing a lot of best of episodes and reruns and stuff. And that started wearing on. So once, maybe, what, a month and a half ago when we started doing our episodes every week again, immediately I start feeling better. My brain starts getting better because I can't be doing stand-up every night. I can't, yeah. I'm not on these Zoom shows all the time. But I'm making comedy with my friend for an hour and 40 minutes a week with a guest and... That's doing it. And then that awesome. spurs, I'm going to write a thing. You know, I'm going to I think it's this. been really cool to see how everybody else has been, like all of mm-hmm. the uh, people that are way more creative and motivated than me, how they are just like killing it using all of their different outlets that they can use, you know? Yeah. Like uh, somebody like uh, Maddie Smith, who yeah. uh, like she did that night, that talk show or whatever. Yep, she was doing that a talk was, show. You know, or just like, yeah, there's a lot of people that are out there like, yeah, we're stand-ups and that. I mean, performing web is like the pop thing. up but like, and go away just, and yeah. I love it. Yeah, totally. It's been it's been that's been uh, a very I like the social media aspect of that because I like seeing yeah. that this could have killed us all uh creatively and like mentally and I feel like a lot of the people, at least a lot of the people in my circles kind of learned to float. And I like yeah. that. I think that's very uh, important. Uh, be like, be like water, man. You know. Thanks, man. It's like Bruce Lee said, "Be like water." It's like yeah. Mr. Miyagi said. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wax on, wax, wax off. off. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those battle beasts said. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's like Cobra Commander does. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. Know, you. Right. Like it's not about winning. It's yeah. about the process. It's mm-hmm. about delegating. It's the journey. Hey, Staying uh, connected. At, hey, at least, yeah, sure, Cobra might be a terrorist organization, but they all sure. wear their masks. Yeah, <laughs> right? Uh, Gabe, now, fantastic. Uh, real quick, before we get out of here, what's a snack? Or is there a DC treat? Is there something that, when you go back, is there a, a restaurant you go to right away? Is there something your yeah. parents cre- like make that you're always like, oh, I want this when I go home? Every time I go back to home, I, I live uh, on Connecticut Avenue right by Woodley Park subway stop, uh, okay. Red Line, in case anybody cares. Sure, so for all the like, D.C. heads. For all the D.C. heads, very close to the National Zoo and the Uptown Theater. So I will walk uh, like a half a mile to this uh, Italian um, store called Vache's. Uh, mm-hmm. V-A-C-E, and it's my favorite pizza in D.C., and I'll go and get myself a, a pie. A I love Vache's it. Chase pie. Do and... they do anything special, or is it just like a you know a stereotypical thin crust pizza? Or... It's a thin crust pizza. They put the cheese on underneath, and then they put the red sauce on top. Oh, is that so real? It's, yeah. It's okay. I like, I, like, I like that sauce pie style, or tomato yeah, pie, pie, I think. They, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, it's a tomato pie. It's so good. Mm, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so. Goddamn. Uh, well, fuck, Gabe. This has been fantastic. I swear Absolutely. this has been a real, real good episode. Uh, now, the <laughs> listeners, the NFers, they fucking love you already. They're on board. So <laughs> remind them where they can find you online, where they can see your shows that you're doing, and their, your podcast and album. Remind them all that stuff. Hey, everybody. You can find me on Instagram at GabePack1. That's G-A-B-E-P-A-C-1. And I have a podcast called Eat, Pray, Judge that's a movie review podcast where I invite comedians on to talk about a movie that affected them at some point in their life. Uh, they don't have to love it, but it's a nostalgic podcast as well. I also oh, cool. have a podcast called Ponzi Scream that my co-hosts are David Bradley Eisenberg and Danny Feltz. Nice. Ponzi Scream is uh, an investigation of white-collar crime from a leftist perspective. Oh, I like and that. And we also uh, I have Funhouse Comedy on Zoom, and Funhouse Comedy on Zoom can be found on Instagram at Funhouse Comedy, all one word. That rules. Awesome. I love it. Can I tell you a thing about Funhouse that uh, this is? I mean, I could tell you this after the show. One of the last times I hung out with a comic friend that passed away was at a Funhouse show uh, yeah. when you guys were at the candy shop. Wow. And so forever, that show ha- holds like such a not that I mean, it's a good show and everything anyway, but like because of that moment, I, it holds such a good place in my heart for that. Thing. So I was really glad when I saw you guys shifted to the Zoom and you guys, just because personally for the brand, I want to see that keep going because it gives mm-hmm. me warm feelings of remembering a friend. Isn't well, that Patrick, fun? that's beautiful, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as much as comedy is an egocentric pursuit, uh, one of my primary values in doing all the things I do is to create community. Mm-hmm. And uh, Funhouse is a space where not yeah. only do the performers get to feel like they can be themselves and see their peers but i also want to have the audience feel like they're they're part of our family so, i love it um yeah you're both please come and hang out yeah, again at fun i House. love it it's fantastic totally. um goddamn well thank you so much uh if you want to just uh sit there for a second we're going to wrap up the show and then we'll kick you out of here how's that sound perfect goddamn reem where can the listeners find you man reemcore r-e-a-m-k-o-r-e that's the handle on most of the uh social medias that i partake in so check that out yeah. Now, on our fun size last week, you really lit my ass up because the NFers send me stuff and not you stuff. So from now on, if you guys would like to send us any (laughs) toys you don't want, any snacks, anything you want to mail us, get in touch with Reem, R-E-A-M-K-O-R-E, and he'll give you the address to mail. That's right. uh, Give me some toys. That's right. I just Uh, put an $11 bid on a 1981 Skeletor. You gotta see that be- the beast I got, buddy. The the uh, the beast action man? figure. I got Hank McCoy Marvel action oh, figure. I got kicked okay. so much ass, dude. Uh, Gabe, just so you filled in, we were never toy people, and then the world ended, and now I need something. So now we're toy people. Uh, this is a toy oh. podcast, you know. Um, but goddamn, uh, listeners, you can find me at Patrick Casey. It's at P-A-T-R-I-C-K-H-E-S-K-E, PatrickCasey.com for all the coming shows and dates. Uh, uh, get on the Patreon if you can. Give us a dollar, give us five dollars, you know, whatever you want to do. Buy a shirt, buy a coffee cup. Tell your friends, be cool, never die. And as always, remember, if you're not an NFer, you're an MFer. So, so get, get the, the fuck, fuck out of here. here. <laughs> 
It's great to have friends like Patrick and Reem who are obscure and yet thoughtful. I love this podcast.